0: Five Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Five Minutes with Phil. Hello, everybody. Today, if you will look at your calendars, and if you're actually looking on October 5th, which is the day when we are recording this, if you look on your calendars, much of the smartphones across the uh, across the world, around the world, however you want to talk about that, you'll see that there is what is called Yom Kippur. Now, I think everybody is familiar. I mean, Christians, followers of Jesus, we're not, um, un- we shouldn't be unfamiliar with a day like Yom Kippur because it's in our scriptures. So. We can say, oh, I don't, I don't understand their observance, and that's cool, like learn about that, get to know that a little bit better, but we know about when it was established because it's in the Word, right? So the Day of Atonement, Leviticus, uh, Leviticus chapter 23, um, we have a little bit of portion here, 27 through 32. Uh, also the 10th day of the 7th month shall be the day of atonement it shall be a holy convocation for you you shall mm-hmm. afflict your souls and offer an offering made fire to the lord and you shall not you shall do no work on that day for it is the day of atonement. Yom Kippur literally um, translated to day of atonement. To make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For if any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from uh, from his people, and any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. Right. So it's a pretty big command. Yom Kippur Uh, is it follows the 10 days right after Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, right? So there's the New Year, and then it's 10 days of reflection. There's 10 days to reflect on, and as you would ultimately see this Day of Atonement, meaning this was the day that they would then make a great sacrifice. They would be able to send the uh, the scapegoat out into the wilderness, you know, with all of the sins of Israel placed on its back, and it would go out there, ultimately dying in the wilderness. So, this Day of Atonement has been established, right? In the Old Testament, we see uh, the beginning of Isaiah, Actually, the call of Isaiah has is, you know, when he's seeing a vision of the throne room of God, you know, the whole coal touching his lips, unclean lips, that whole part, is that Isaiah is a glimpse. This is the Day of Atonement. And it's the day that the holy of holies is entered, right? So that the the high priest enters there, and there's a whole and there's there's a whole thing that goes you know before it, right? The priest goes in, um, that you know they have a live goat, and then they're gonna sacrifice a goat, and then they kind of sprinkle the the blood on the people as a reminder that God has forgiven them, right? And there's that annual process for it. Now, what do we, as followers of Jesus, we don't say, well, that's a dumb thing. No, that would be, uh, we see it in the scriptures. We know that the people in the Old Testament were observing the Day of Atonement year after year after year. We know it's a long tradition, custom that has been in place. But we also are looking at it in the light of the New Testament, in light of Jesus. And this is where I go to like Isaiah 1, right? And as Isaiah 1, uh, God's talking here, you know, Come, let's settle this, says the Lord, Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Right, so we get white the whiteness of the snow and the whiteness of the wool, and ultimately God's trying to be able to break it down and tell us here's an example. White kind of represents that righteousness, the cleanliness, the ultimate thing like that we can't ultimately achieve by ourselves. I can't make my own clothes white. Right. And not in a laundry sense. Um, You know, there's probably bleaches out there that can make your clothes white. I'm talking about in this spiritual sense. God's saying, I can cleanse the things of the past. I can cleanse the things of the future. I can cleanse the things of the present. And God is the one who's making that possible. And I think that even there in Isaiah, this is pre-Jesus sacrifice on the cross, right? And God's still talking about being able to forgive and cleanse. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Right? 1 Peter two twenty four, Who himself bore the sins in his own uh, in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed so you can kind of see some of the direction we find that instead of an annual process of a Day of Atonement where there's a, you know, slaughtering of the goat, there's the, there's the scapegoat, right, the live goat, and the dead goat, ultimately. And with that, we'd say, but in the age of Jesus, right, with Jesus incarnate in the flesh, we see that this is a process that's not necessary for followers of Jesus anymore. This is something that as we move forward, we're saying the blood of Jesus is the atonement. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us of all sin. And that's what we can be able to lift up on this day of atonement, even as they celebrate, even as they, you know, I wouldn't say celebrate. Celebrate would be not a good word for that, but to be able to observe, right? So in their observation of this day of atonement, we can also lift up our atonement in Christ, that the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin, not just once a year, but for all time. All right, consider that today. Consider how God has atoned for you and that how God has shown you his atonement and what that means for your daily life. All right, everybody, we'll end there for today. We'll be back again tomorrow.